Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from Storyteller Academy. Learn the art of storytelling and unlock your creative potential with a team of story coaches and published professionals helping you achieve your creative goals. Sign up today at StorytellerAcademy.com. Good afternoon. How are you? Doing just fine. Can you hear us okay? Can you hear me okay? I hear you loud and clear. Can yes. you hear him okay? Loud and clear. Oh. <laughs> this book is a mystery, so I brought on a team of students to try to help me solve it. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 550. I'm your host, Matthew Winner, and today we're speaking with Ricardo Cortez, illustrator of Party, a Mystery, by Jamaica Kincaid. I'm joined by a team of third graders from my school who are participating in a visual and performing arts unit on podcasting. When my students first read Party a Mystery, they were stunned. They had lots and lots of questions, and they were each confident that he or she knew the solution to the mystery. But the more we discussed the book, the more their predictions changed. It was the perfect candidate for a group interview. Ricardo discovered Jamaica Kincaid's party in a book of her essays, a collection of New Yorker talk-of-the-town pieces she wrote in the beginning of her career. In this story, three girls are hanging out at an extravagant book party celebrating the Nancy Drew novels. Two of the girls see something that shocks and shakes them, and the third is left as in the dark as the readers. The mystery is over as abruptly as it starts, and the youngest girl, as well as the reader, is left not seeming to learn the explanation of what was just experienced. Definitely a context that's enough to drive a reader wild with guesses, perhaps by design, or perhaps as the clues are laid out in front of us. Please welcome our guest, Ricardo Cortez, illustrator of Party, a Mystery. Hello, my name is Ricardo Cortez. I am an artist, an illustrator, a writer, sometimes even a publisher. Uh, I make picture books, often for children, sometimes for adults, sometimes for both. Um, I've written children's books about grass. I've written children's and picture books about the history of coffee and Coca-Cola. I wrote a picture children's book about a shark that is abducted by aliens, and that's based on a true story. And I'm also the illustrator of 
party, a mystery with Jamaica Kincaid. Oh, and I should throw in because I want to brag. I'm also the illustrator of a number one New York Times bestselling parody of a bedtime story called Go the F to Sleep. So, uh, yeah, I'm all over the place. You And I live in Brooklyn, New York. (laughs) You are all over the place. And I have a group with me today, which is not normal, but all of their chins hit the floor, specifically on the story about the shark abducted. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So for those listening, something a little bit different. Today I'm joined by a team of students who are participating in a visual and performing arts program at our school, in which we're studying podcasting and interviewing children's book authors and illustrators. Students, could you please take turns saying hi to the people listening? Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. (laughs) There they are. Well, our students, Ricardo, read and loved Party, A Mystery. I think that um, there are parts of Jamaica Kincaid's story that (laughs) infuriated them. Uh There were were parts that they were sure they knew the answer to until we started discussing it. And we were Mm. all over the map. So we've got a couple of questions for you, if you don't mind it. We are definitely going to get into this mystery of this book. But before we do, before our first question, could you please introduce this picture book to folks that have not read it yet? Yeah, sure. So Party a Mystery was written by Jamaica Kincaid. Uh, Jamaica Kincaid is a novelist. She's a writer. She's also a professor and a, she's a gardener. She's a lot of things, but I love her writing. And I actually found her, this story, it was actually written first as a short story, um, probably for adults. It was in, an, in a magazine called the New Yorker magazine. And it was in a section called talk of the town. It, there were no pictures to it. And it was something that probably was writ, uh, read by mostly adults. And I read the story. It's about three girls who go to a book party that is celebrating the publication of the Nancy Drew uh, mystery books. Um, and these three girls go to a party and well, they see something, right? Something happens at this party that is kind of a mystery and there's kind of a mystery as to what they even see, and there's something happening in a party. So that's what it is. It's and, and again, actually, so it started as a uh, a story that I found. It was written for adults, and I wrote to Jamaica, and I said, I think this is a great story. I love it. It made me feel all these sorts of things that we'll probably talk about, and I would love to turn it into a picture book. Would you be Would you be open to that? And she wrote me back, and she was really enthusiastic and surprised. I think that uh, someone had found the story and said, Sure, let's do it. So that's where the book came from, um, and then we turned it into a picture book. And that's that's what great. Seen. That's what I, yeah. My my first student is is asking a question that I think is going to get you to talk about all those feelings that you first felt. So, yeah. ready for this first question? What inspired you to make this book? Right on. Cool. So. What inspired me is that I was actually the story itself, right? So I was just saying, I, I found this story. I, wrote, I read it. It was in a book, but it was from a collection of magazine articles that um, Jamaica Kincaid had written. Uh, she actually published the story in 1980. And yet I found the story a couple of years ago. And yeah, so it's such, it was such a strange story. These three girls go to this party. Uh, and I, I, I mean, I can't really reveal what happens because it's kind of part of the mystery of what happens. But I... You know, I, I read it and it was just so strange because it was very different from a lot of the uh, stories I'd read before that might have an ending that I totally understood. And I, I didn't understand it. So I thought, let me read it again, because maybe I missed something. So I read it again and I was a little bit more sure that I didn't understand 
what was going on. And it made me laugh. Uh, I, I really did laugh. I also, like you, I think I heard you say you might have been a little frustrated. I was a little frustrated. I had so many feelings that I just thought I had to, I just kept thinking about it. And I, maybe because it was about three girls, three young girls, I thought, well, this would, this would actually make an interesting children's story. Um, so I think that's what inspired me. Like everything from the story itself to how strange and unique I found the story. And then I just thought of what it would look like to draw. And I got excited about that. So that was really the kind of the third thing that made me say, Oh, I really want to make this book. So that's kind of, that's how I got, I got about making this children's story. Hey students, did you think it was an interesting premise to make this a book? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, next question. What were you thinking about when you illustrated this book? Okay, so, well, when I illustrate books, I work in a lot of different ways. So I, I obviously I love to draw, and I'm pretty good at drawing, but I'm really good at drawing things like cars or computers or buildings or, or, or chairs, things that aren't alive. Now, when it comes to things that are alive, like people or, or animals, I work best from actually drawing real people or from pictures of people. So when I was thinking about how am I going to draw this book, I was thinking, all right, I need to find three girls that would be, you know, good models for these for these characters. And I actually had some friends in my life that I thought would be perfect as as I, I guess I'm saying the actors that are playing these roles, because I actually went out and hung out with some friends of mine uh, and we took a bunch of pictures and basically acted out a whole bunch of scenes. And I ended up drawing those, those pictures uh, based, on, based on the girls that I know. So when I was drawing the story, I guess what, what, what I was thinking about was, well, one, how do I tell the story in an interesting way, especially because there's not much going on that you actually get to see because there's a lot of the words that the, the girls are talking about, about what they see, but we maybe don't actually get to see what they see. So I'm thinking, okay, I need to draw their expressions. I need to draw what they're, you know, how the girls feel when they see these things. Uh, so that was going through my mind a lot. Um, and then there's also just basic things like, like technical things about, well, how do I want to draw this? Do I want to draw this with paint? Uh, do I want to paint this in watercolors? Would I do this in colored pencil? That's something that I think about often as, a, uh, as an illustrator when I'm making a book. And it really has to do sometimes with what the, the story is. And, and also, if I know what I'm going to be drawing, what I might feel most comfortable with. Um, nice. In this, yeah. Yeah, that's that, what I was thinking about. <laughs> that's cool that you used real models, too, that there, there are children out in the world that are now in a book. That's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, that was fun. All right, next question. Ready? Did the art come naturally to you, or did you have to think about it? Yeah, so art does come somewhat natural to me. Like I was saying, I'm really good at drawing, and I love to draw. Um, but I do also have to think about it as well, because, you know, it's kind of like you're making a movie. And you could, if I, for say, for this story, I could draw these girls, like, from the tops of the ceiling, looking down at them. I could go way down on the floor and kind of look, like, look up at them so they look really tall. I'm actually having to make these decisions about what I want the picture to look like and how I think it will look good on the page. Um, you know, books even have different sizes. Sometimes they're square, sometimes they're long, sometimes they're tall. And I want to think about all those things about how I'm going to compose the picture on the page. So, so there's some things that come very naturally to me, like when I'm drawing, like I really feel comfortable with pencils and I really feel comfortable with colors and even like putting different colors together, what I like matches. 
Um, but there's also a lot of a lot of it that is about that is about planning and thinking. I guess when you're saying thinking, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm, I'm planning. There are things that I've planned out um, of how it's going to look on the page. So yeah, I guess there's a bit a bit of both. Planning and thinking. Planning and thinking. This is good advice for for people making stories. I have uh, a question that I'm surprised we didn't ask yet, but this student is has been waiting to ask it. What materials do you use to make this art? Oh, I love that question because I'm an art, I'm an illustrator, and I I totally get geeked out and, and nerdy about these types of questions. What type of <laughs> materials? Yeah, geeked I love out it. and nerdy about art supplies. <laughs> Yeah, totally. And I, and I feel that way even when I'm looking at different picture books. I try to think, well, what did, what did this – how did they make this? Whoever made this story, was it from a computer? Was it from a pencil? So, again, I work in all different ways. Sometimes I work in watercolors. Sometimes I work in gouache. Gouache is kind of like a watercolor. It's like an opaque uh, – it's a little thicker than a watercolor. Um, sometimes I paint with acrylics uh, using brushes. This book is all pencil. It's all color pencil. And – and I did it with two types of color pencil, one which is like a waxy uh, color pencil and one which was actually a watercolor pencil that I could actually even add water. It's, it's crazy. It's like a color. It's like a pencil. It sharpens like a pencil. You draw on the page like a pencil. But then when it's on the page, you can add drips of water and you can kind of spread it around like a watercolor. And it gives a little bit of like uh, like you can kind of blend things. Um, and the reason I used pencil for this book is because. Uh, well, one, because I was, especially because I was drawing the girls' faces and their expressions, and I wanted to get that really sharp. And I'm really comfortable and good with a pencil. And with watercolors, like, I kind of – I actually just make it up as I go along. I'm, like, very new to it. <laughs> so this one I wanted to be real precise, and I used a lot of color pencils. And, um, yeah, and I say a lot because there's a lot of sharpening pencils and a lot of, like, discarded wood shavings <laughs> that come along with it. <laughs> That's – all of our jaws dropped when we heard you say this was made with colored pencils. The design, the, the art is beautiful, but to know that it's just something that we have in our classroom right now is yeah. wild. Yeah. All right. Next Probably question. the same pencils. Yeah, go ahead. That's amazing. Here we go. How did you learn to make art? Okay. So that's a good question. I was actually talking with a friend of mine recently about learning art. How does one learn to do art? Or how does learn to do any type of creative expression, like even singing? I mean, there's some things I think you can do. You can learn how to sing better. You can learn the scales. You can learn to train your voice of how to go really low or really high. Um, but, you know, there's some people that are just really good at singing. I'm not one of those people. Well, I don't know. I'm okay. Let's say that. But with how I learned to make art, I was always just drawing. And I was always drawing. And I love to draw. Um, I took a couple classes here and there to teach me certain skills of like, you know, how to shade something because shading is something that you kind of have to think about. Shading is how the light hits an object and maybe the underside of it gets dark because there's a shadow there and learning how the physics of that work, learning how the array of the sun hits something and where it might be shadow and where it might be light. I learned things like that. Um, but also I would say it's really, I'm just always drawing and getting better and just the more practice and the more practice I start to feel more comfortable with it. So yeah, I think practice. that's kind of, yeah. Practicing. Practice makes perfect. I've heard that before. Or practice makes pretty good or practice <laughs> makes just good enough to, to get along. Can we please make the phrase from now on practice makes pretty good. <laughs> Practice makes perfect. Practice, I mean, I don't practice know. Practice makes um better. Practice makes better. Because perfect 
Practice makes promise. Okay, all right. Practice makes promise. Oh, wow. We are getting all of the great oh. iterations of this. Progress. Okay, work progress. Practice makes progress. I like yeah. it. Okay, Ricardo, we're getting into the end of the interview, so we're we're going to lean into this mystery. And okay, I don't expect do answers, but we have questions regardless. Go for it. Is the mystery in the words or the pictures? Well, that's actually a really good question. Um, well, okay, so I did say the, the story was written first, right? So inherently the mystery would have to be in the words because Jamaica wrote the story before even the pictures came about. So I think that there is something in the words themselves. But it's a good question because when I took the story, I had to interpret those words into pictures that Jamaica had possibly never envisioned. And I had to add on my own thing. And when I did add my own thing, I did think to myself, okay, am I going to put the mystery in the picture? Are there, are there clues in the, in the pictures themselves? Um, and I would say yes, but I also didn't want to make anything too easy or too hard or even necessarily, and this might come into a further later question, but I didn't want to necessarily tell you exactly what the answer is because I might not have been right myself. So I had to put something, I definitely put clues in of the mystery in the pictures, but definitely the, 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 the heart of it is in the words that Jamaica wrote. I love that you just admitted to us that you might not actually know the answer to this as well. In the, yeah. um, some of the, uh, the uh, articles that were written about this book that you had shared with me ahead of time, I, I read one piece to the children that said something like, when Jamaica wrote this, it might be that uh, she doesn't have a solution to her mystery, that yeah. she's just messing with us. <laughs> yeah. We all thought that was amazing to know that that's what an author can do. But I have a very specific question from a student that, that this really was something he took note of and yeah. uh, he wants to ask you. All right. I noticed there weren't parents in this book. Why aren't they? Well, I love questions like this because I get questions sometimes that I didn't really necessarily think about myself. So there aren't any parents in the story. Um, you're possibly right. There is a scene where you see the party, right? And there's a lot of people in there. So there's probably some parents of somebody's kids. I don't know who, but, but right. We never let necessarily see the parents of these three girls. And that's, that's, that could be a clue. I, oh, that could be a clue. It could be a clue. <laughs> it's a mystery. Hey, I wanted to ask you really quick. Where this story takes place, the setting to me reminded me of the Library of Congress because of the um, big stairs and the gigantic windows and the yeah. the masonry work. Um, and that might have just been a product of your research. So I thought I would ask you while I had a chance. Sure. Yeah. So like I said, uh, often I will use pictures um, to help uh, create the story that I'm that I'm composing. So for the research of this book, for the girls, I actually hung out with, with three girls and we uh, did all did a lot of the poses you see. And for the backgrounds, I went to the big 42nd Street Library here in New York City of with the lions, the lions okay. outside. And I took that space because I wanted something as, as as big as you see in the book with lots of marble staircases. I did play with things. It's not the exact uh, the exact thing that you would see if you went to the went to the library. But I used a lot of the maybe I'd say the, the skeleton, the bones of that place. Um, to give me inspiration when I was drawing nice. all those big backgrounds, yeah. So, Ricardo, I have a question that I've been saving to ask my students on recording, 
but I bet it's a question you've been asking a lot of readers as well. So, students, <laughs> it's your turn. Here we go. And we'll start, we'll go backwards in order this time. You ready? Students, what do you think, or maybe I should say this for the, the listeners first. In the book, the three girls, or two of the three girls, see something and react to it. And that's part of the mystery, is what they saw and how they're reacting. So, students, what do you think the girls saw? Let's tell Ricardo, what do you think they saw? Ready? They could have seen possibly anything, like maybe an adult behaving vilely. Oh. And possibly could have stolen something. An um, adult stealing something. Whoa. <laughs> I did not expect that. Whoa. Okay, next. Um, maybe the, the a cake. Like, where's the cake on the front cover went? We saw a cake maybe on the front cake? cover, a piece of cake, and it, we don't see it reappear. Good. Okay, wonderful. What do you think the girls saw? I think the cake. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of cakes. I get it. Keep going. What else? Yeah. What do you think the girls saw? Um, maybe somebody stealing the cake. Oh! Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, last two. Ready? Last two. What did they see? I think they saw like an object that was like not illegal or appropriate, or something like that. Okay, not illegal or or inappropriate, just something surprising. Sure, last one. It could be anything. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to say, and I've read this book a few more times than my students have, but still, I haven't quote-unquote, figured out the book, and that's part of what I love about it. Um, uh-huh. And I wonder if they saw anything at all or if they were just messing with the younger sister. I don't yeah. know, though. That's my that's my favorite part about this. So, Ricardo, I end each podcast the same, but today is special because I have a, some of these students right in front of me. And so I'd like to ask you this question, that tomorrow I will see a library full of students Ricardo, is there a message I can bring to them from you? Sure. I was thinking about this question, and I was just thinking about a little short story that I'll tell. So basically, my advice, I want to say, I want to tell you kids and other kids that you're going to see in the library to be brave, okay? But now brave is something we hear a lot, like be brave. And and to me, being brave isn't necessarily about like maybe saving someone in a fire or, or doing something big. I'll tell a quick story. When I was, it was actually first grade. It wasn't quite third, but in first grade, there was a girl in my class and she was talking and she was like, you know, I really love spaghetti and clam sauce, right? And all of a sudden, all the other kids started to kind of mock her, make fun of her, like, oh, spaghetti and clam sauce, that's gross, oh. And I kind of saw her start to feel like uncomfortable. And I thought to myself, oh, whoa, I like spaghetti and clam sauce myself, but I wasn't about to stick my neck out because all of a sudden I saw everyone was making fun of this poor girl for liking spaghetti and clam sauce too. So I kind of was quiet and I wasn't brave enough to say anything, right? All of a sudden, another girl in the class raised her hand and said, you know what? I love spaghetti and clam sauce. And looked at the girl. She's like, yeah, it's like the best. I love spaghetti and clam sauce. And I just looked at that girl and I thought to myself, wow, that that was brave. Like, that's what bravery is. She was sticking up for this girl 
and it was time she was doing it in a place where people were making fun of her and, and the other girl was like i don't care about that i want to protect this little girl's like love a spaghetti and clam sauce so that's the type of bravery that i'm that i'm down for and so i tell all you kids like you know stick up for what's right maybe stick up for you know the underdog and and that's some cool bravery so that's that's what i would say to y'all This is Darshna Kiani, author of How to Wear a Sari, coming in fall 2020. Want to find out the latest South Asian books and children's literature? Check out www.darshanakhiani.com forward slash South Asian Kidlit. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com forward slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. Before we leave, I want to give a shout out to all of our patrons, those folks who are supporting the podcast and helping keep the lights on care of our Patreon page. Thank you, Tracy, Hallie, Chris, Amy, Summer, Sarah, Kate, Darshna, Patricia, Amanda, Theo, Jarrett, Justin, Anitra, Selaja, Ailey, Suzanne, Mike, Steve, Mia, Karina, Adrian, Irene, Kate, Ed, Jenny Sue, Cynthia, Sylvie, Doug, Amanda, Judy, Ruth, Elaine, Teresa, Alicia, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You're welcome to join us. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.